throughout our life, we make all kinds of connections from our neighbors to our co-workers, from family members to people we interact with in business every day. What about the connections we make to ourselves? Today, we'll explore the connections that we make and how they define our lives. This is Things Worth Considering with hosts Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiousis. It's time to consider the possibilities. Hello, and welcome to Things Worth Considering. Uh, we're here on a weekly basis, and we like to bring you lots of ideas and guests. And uh, we are also live, so we invite you to call in, talk to our guests, join the conversation. Uh, I'm Gord Riddell, your host, and I'm here with my co-host, Alexia Georgiousis. Welcome Hello. back. Thank you. Yes. How was wonderful Alberta? It was great. Fantastic weather. Beautiful. Beautiful skies. Great, Great people. You contemplated the world. <laughs> <laughs> so let me, just before I introduce my guests, i just like you to think about how aware are you of your innermost thoughts? I think most of us might have a little bit of difficulty uh, on that one. And what are your thoughts? Where do they come from? Uh, you know, what, what do we do with them? A lot of us are very preoccupied with our mind chatter. And it just goes on and on and on and on and and somehow or other gets us into some sort of a crisis eventually. Uh, Jay, have you ever considered that maybe your mind chatter is actually creating your reality? Mm-hmm. Let me introduce you to your guest. Uh, our guest here today is uh, Deb Mayberry. She is a registered psychotherapist qualifying, and she is a brain spotting therapist. Uh, Deb is the author of What Is Your Teenage Daughter Afraid Of? Girls, You Have a Voice, and Unlock the Door Beyond Sexual Abuse. She's a speaker, she's a coach, she's a podcaster, she's a peer support counselor in group facilitation. Uh, she has earned a black sash in Kung Fu and a black belt in karate. Devu has gone on to develop and she teaches realistic self-defense for women. And we at the Transformational Arts College are very pleased that she is also a member of our faculty. Deb, welcome. <laughs> Hi, Gord. Hi, Alexis. So nice to, to see you. Uh, we're actually looking at each other, so I can say that. Thank you so much. Yay, Zoom. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for inviting me to join you on your on your program. Oh, I think it's great. Great. I think it's great. Um, I'd just like to remind uh, listeners that we are open. The phones are open. We're at 888-346-9141. And that's a toll-free call. So, uh, 888-346-9141. So, you have lots of really interesting stuff happening. <laughs> if, you, if you're talking to me, I, I always have a lot of interesting things happening. My world is, is, is pretty full, but I also have that time to slow it down and just to have contemplation and quiet time, which I believe is the source of um, a lot of what actually ends up happening is that quiet time. What do you mean by that, Deb, in terms of what's happening? Is that what you mean about reality? (laughs) Yes. And, you know, we have to start by really saying, what is reality anyways? And that sort of comes with who are we as well. So let me start off by saying reality for most people, I think, is just what they have learned Um, from parents, from teachers, siblings, friends, authority figures. It's very much based 
on a physical world, and you can say, well, it goes right down to atoms, right? Atoms, the protons, and we are taught as children to see certain things in our environment with our parents or um, the people that we grow up with. Um, we are introduced to certain things to see, certain concepts, belief systems, and then that sort of creates what ultimately we define as our reality. But if we look at it deeper than that and we look at, well, who are we in this reality? You know, we're this human, this kid. We have this experience as a, as a person and we're socialized in a certain way. So we can also look, I'll just say one thing, we also can look at it from a soul perspective. So if right. we're here as a soul, we look at our reality often much different. We look at it in terms of meaning and what frequency and soul families, you know, and lessons. So it's can be a very complicated starting point. Yeah, <laughs> and, and pretty robust and, and uh, lots of layers, it sounds like. And, and, you know, one of the things that you sort of spoke about is around the influence from family or, you know, as we grow up. And, and being sort of taught or told, oh, this is, you know, a glass, or this is a dog, or this is the sky. And, and I think that that's something very interesting that we get into, how do we become aware of what our own reality is compared to what someone else's reality is? Exactly. You know, we have, the, we have, we have kids growing up in the same environment, the same home. And yet, you know, you get older, and you go like, where did you grow up? That was not my reality. <laughs> exactly. Like, what are you thinking? You know, completely different stories. And but then I, there's those I, families where they all think the same. Well, exactly. Like, well, see, I'm adopted. Okay, so you want to go there, right? So I'm adopted. So I found my family at 22. Wow. And then what you said there is like, well, I realized, well, I've got a brother that's a writer. You know, I've got another one who's crazy about, well, two that are crazy about sports. You know, I have um, a sister, actually, that has worked many years in, in, in with, you know, mental health, working in a, in a group home, right? Wow. And my yeah. mom's creative. So there's some of that that's DNA that's imprinted, I believe, right. that sort of brings a piece of reality along with us. But I also believe it even goes back further because I, well, it's not even that I believe it. It's I know we are souls coming in we are not just identities we are entities that have passed through a veil whatever you want to call it into this 3d experience but we come from another place another source and i knew that very young i knew that at 10 years old wow. i had a i had a vision i was not in my body i'm actually writing my third book right now called in my secret life a spiritual tapestry because I kept this all a secret, just like the stream of sexual abuse <laughs> that was yeah. the on the extremes, the polarities, and yet there were both secrets. But that mm. vision changed my reality from a very young age on what was important, what I accepted, what I didn't accept, what kind of a girl I was supposed to be. It changed mm. everything in my life at a very, very young age. So my interpretation of reality has been different than a lot of the people, at least certainly that I grew up with. 
and it's only now, you know, through the Transformational Arts College and, and other experiences that I've had coming more out with my experiences, that now there are more people that we're having this conversation and as our frequency as a planet. Oh, I, yeah. 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 yeah I think this, pan, this pandemic that's going on is all about that. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, you can definitely layer that. Say more what are your beliefs about that. Well, uh, I think I've said it a lot on the show, just so that I don't sound endless, but I really oh, okay. believe that that this is our human, this is, I can tell you're not listening to my show. I was going to say, uh, <laughs> Deb, you have not been listening to us. <laughs> uh, just basically, it's kind of like uh, what we're seeing manifesting is a human shadow. It's, it's all the stuff that we don't want to talk about, that we haven't dealt with, from ageism to racism, misogyny, uh, LBGQ issues. Uh, inequities, inequalities, uh, they're all out there. Everything has just kind of come bubbling up in the last six months, and it's really quite fascinating. Yeah, or the uh, universe is just putting a plug <laughs> into <laughs> a lot of those things and saying, listen, if you want to remain on this planet, I'm just going to shut it all down for a while. You're yeah. all going to be able to sit back and contemplate what is important, truly important to this planet, um, to all the species on this planet, to the wildlife and to individuals. And let's sit back and really pause. And I think that's, that is, is what has happened. You know, I can look out, you know, being in Toronto, look out into the sky in the day and see a blue sky and maybe one or two planes (laughs) now, you know, I can cycle and I can actually smell something different. The absence of something creates the flourishing (laughs) Of, of the, yeah. the plants, right? The, the yeah, fragrances. Absolutely. All that carbon monoxide and dioxide and everything from the cars and the planes are all gone, you know, which I just think is fantastic. Uh, I just yeah. love, uh, in, in some areas where the water has become so so clear. Oh, yes. I was know? kayaking. Yeah. It's a, it's, an, oh. it's a nice, it's a beautiful pause. And then it's also this part where I think uh, a lot of people are struggling with the sense of urgency, or feeling like, okay, come on already, when are we going to get back into, you know, being able to step in to how we used to be? And I think that that has changed. But it also is really timely around this concept of reality. Yeah, Because totally. I think, you know, Deb, what you were talking about around the layeredness of perception, because, you know, the idea of we can believe that something is a problem, or we can actually see it as not being a problem. And, and I'm, can you talk about that a little bit more? Yeah, sure. Or we don't see it either as a problem or not a problem. Right, right. So the elimination of that, because the mind, uh, you know, our reality is pulling us from, you know, one perspective to another, the, the duality, the, you know, the polarities, and, and that's where we pop up and have some, some growth, right? So there's that, that, that struggle in there that I think that is going on currently you know, with the planet as we're being pulled back and forth. And some people, they're going to, you know, consolidate all that they're thinking in their mind about problems, 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 and all come together. And they see all this problem with all of this. And yes, listen, uh, financially, um, um, health-wise, everything is being challenged right now. All the, the old systems are you know, yeah. showing weaknesses and they're faltering and people are afraid. People are going into their amygdalas and hypervigilance and, and they're looking at things through the, the lens of fear. Oh, uh, absolutely. Other, yes. 
Yeah, yes. other agree. people are looking through the lens of maybe opportunity or pause. And isn't it ironic again how everybody's like, it's too busy, I'm, I'm stressed, I need some time to myself, I never get any time with my family, and all of this goes on and on and on. So this is just bubbling and expanding the frequency. And then, voila, everything gets shut down. <laughs> yeah. You got exactly what you wanted. And yep. then... Everybody's saying, I want it to go back. Well, it'll never go back. It can't go back. It's right. moving forward. And that fear of the unknown, ultimately, it's going to put restraints on people and what possibly the opportunities that they could have, as opposed to being curious about the, the newness, the freshness that the is. The possibilities. Yeah, I mean, the possibilities. Yeah, yeah. and it is, it is important to also know that, I mean, Gordon, I've talked about this before, because I want to go back to perception and in terms of recognizing inner thoughts. Um, but, you know, there's lots of people that they, we say we're in this together, but, you know, I, I heard someone say something very clever, um, and I can't remember who I was. I wish I could credit her. But it was, um, you know, we're, we're in this together, but we're not all on the same boat. And, uh, <laughs> and I think that's very true because there's been tremendous opportunity for some people, and some people have had terrible suffering. But, again, perception. Yeah. So, so this is what I'm curious about, Deb, is that, you know, when you talk about inner thoughts and also how to work with being able to notice when we're in the fight, flight or freeze mode, because this is very pertinent right now as well. Yes. So I'll sort of maybe just present it as though I was talking to a client in a sense. So uh, as a psychotherapist, um, the first thing I notice when somebody comes in is how they talk. So I will know immediately the way they are perceiving themselves through their narrative. Mm -hmm. that, that perception of themselves is going to come up very clearly in terms of the way they see themselves and the way they see their world. If they're in survival mode, um, a lot of stress, they're hypervigilant, they're, they're thinking uh, in the future, they're in the past. The amygdala has no timeline. Right. So if somebody is frantic, worried all the time, concerned about this or that, they can't even think clearly because that survival brain is so activated that they're literally in fight, freeze, or fight mode all the time. And that's what we call stress, anxiety, and depression, typically. Yeah, exactly. They lock in <laughs> to, to that, yeah. right? Yeah. Now, if somebody's in their creative brain, so this, you know, this whole situation presents itself, there's, there's some challenge in their life, a survival person is going to go into so many doubts and concerns and worries, and they're going to be hypervigilant, and everything, they're going to see it on the downside of things. Um, they still may push through and strive, but they probably have a lot of habits that aren't serving them at that time, right? So the, the other part of that is somebody who takes time, who does some self-care. They come in, they've done some meditating, they're, they're aware that, yes, there are opportunities, yes, there's a message or a meaning, but they're still concerned about something. They're thinking, they're thinking, and they want support around that. So they're more in their frontal lobe with the creative center, uh, you know, the cerebral cortex. You know, they're just, they're thinking slightly differently. And 
they're, well, what if I do this? They're kind of on that higher frequency. Like one will take you down if you let them, (laughs) right? (laughs) You have to make sure you have up your protection and, and your shield and be really still heart open and centered to them, but be aware of where they are. The other person's a little bit on a higher frequency and they come in and they're the people, Gord, they're the ones that come in and they say, I read your website. And what is this spiritual psychotherapy thing? <laughs> you know, because they're, they're, they have this curiosity. So they yes. have a, a different perception. They are willing to see and to listen um, a lot easier to what their narrative is. The person in survival mode, it, it might take a little bit of time to say, okay, pause. And then, you know, um, restructure or reframe what they're saying. And you have to be really cautious with them. Yeah. Um, because they get very angry very quickly <laughs> when you play uh, with their narrative. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a real balance and there's a feel. There's a feel with that. And that's the thing. When you're, that perception is that your filter is that I'm open. So from my perspective as a therapist, okay, I'm going to sit here and the more, I hate the word, but the more negative or downward spiraling they are, the more I try to open Open the heart, open the heart, yep. and just love. Just open this this channel of love and openness to them. Now, I want you to open up your channel of love right now because we have to take a break. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, we'll be back. I'd like, you, uh, I'd like to remind you, you can uh, reach us. Uh, the phone lines are open at 888-346-9141. And give us a call. Join the conversation. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic health care, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll-free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiusis. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now back to Things Worth Considering. Hi, and welcome back. Uh, I'm Gord Riddell. I'm here with uh, Alexia, our co host, and our guest, Deb Mayberry. Uh, Deb, you are holding your heart open 
holding space for the whole world in this moment when I cut you off to go to commercial. Um, uh, did you want to carry on with that? Or, I mean, that was, the, that was a really important point. Like what you said, the more negative somebody was, the more open you would be in order just to sort of let them absorb some of that energy. Yeah, well, and it's actually, you know, it's, it's a mirror, right? So as we're holding space with other people and we want them or we're hoping that maybe they see things in a different light because they've been struggling so much. Right. If we hold that open space and we become that mirror open to them, maybe they'll be open to new ideas because when somebody has been focusing on something for so long or a way of thinking for so long, that narrative becomes very thick. There are a lot of mm. neurons that are connecting together and those synapses become extremely strong and, and in their life, then they continue to see and look for things that will confirm their reality and their, their narrative that hasn't been serving them. Maybe at one time it did serve them. Of course. Yeah. But currently it, it, it's likely not serving them. If they haven't evolved and shifted into a new way of thinking, then that's probably, you know, as I say it's, um, you know, the reality, it's an old paradigm, which is likely incomplete. And mm -hmm. it's, um, you know, often our past is, un like the, the difficult times are often unprocessed or certainly unintegrated, and they come fragments of ourselves that yep. then they, it's almost like they, you know, they, they block part of our vision and they don't allow us to see a different and possible new reality. And the mind chatter just goes on and on and on that I'm not good enough, I can't, uh, full of doubts, and all I hear is naysayers. Yeah, so, yeah. Deb, I'm curious, I have a question about how um, would you work with people to identify what their inner thoughts are? I just get them to talk. You know, I had a, I had a, a client today, and I literally just sat back and, and just listened to her to talk. A lot of that is revealed simply in an intake, right? So mm -hmm. when I have new new clients and I start in the intake, I listen to the words that they use. So if somebody's always saying, I want to, or I'm going to, or I have to, or I always wanted this, and, you know, I try to, I try to get them into a stream of figuring out what it is they actually want. And I find that a lot of people struggle with where they are because they actually aren't certain of what mm -hmm. they want. Right. And you or cannot, they're not sure that it'll be okay. <laughs> like somebody, somebody has to like give them permission almost. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But you know, people get, we get led down this, this path of this reality. This is the way my parents did it. This is the way my friends do it. And it's then people are struggling and that's that, that soul that comes in, that yearning, that wanting, that calling. And, and then you're, you're pulled one direction to the other and all of a sudden you have a child or you have a, a partner and then you get pulled even more and, and then people are yearning for something that sometimes they can't even identify. Mm -hmm. And that's why that, you know, what is reality is really we, it's the we in the reality creating the reality that has such a depth of impact on our, on our life. Years ago, uh, uh a writer, uh, she's actually a partner of uh, Lily Tomlin. Her name is Jane Wagner. Oh, yeah. uh, she wrote a play uh, called The Search for Signs of Intelligent Life in the Universe. And Lily Tomlin performed it as a one-woman wow. show. Wow. And I was, wow. I was lucky enough to actually be New Year's Eve in her audience uh, in 1980-something. Oh, nice. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oops, I let that slip. It was supposed to be 90. But, uh, so she, she plays the main narrative that runs through all of the characters that she plays called Trudy. Trudy's the bag lady. And, and she, you know, she walks with this cart and, and the whole thing, like a shopping cart. Of course, it isn't that, but it's all mimed out. And she looks at the audience at one point. She says, so what's reality? Nothing but a collective hunch. <laughs> and it is so true. Yeah. Reality is what we've all agreed on. Mm-hmm. And if somebody says, no, that's not what reality is. It's this. Th- they'll get nailed. You know, nobody can step outside that line if they try even remotely. Like, look at Copernicus going all the way back. You know, he spent right. all those years in jail because he figured out what was really going on. Well, and look at what's <laughs> happening with COVID-19. People that have more curiosity or who are questioning, you know, the microbiology or the science behind virus transmission and the terrain and the immune system. And and there's this sense that you can see this these uh, shifts in everyone's sense of reality. Um, and, you know, people, as you were saying, that some who question there's an extreme because they get labeled as conspiracists instead of just saying, well, wait a minute, somebody is just questioning. But I, I think that yeah, <laughs> I think that this again, it goes back to <laughs> the shadow in all of us and also seeing how do we find, a, I mean, from a Buddhist place, the idea of middle ground in terms of uh, what is a middle ground in terms of perception? Or reality, Deb. I'm going to throw that one out <laughs> to you. What's the middle? What's the middle ground? Oh my gosh! <laughs> you know, I think the middle ground is is just being um, true to yourself and listening yeah. to what your reality is. Uh, in fact, I think there are many realities playing themselves out at the same time. I think that's part of the challenge: is that somehow we've been brainwashed to think that there's actually only one, one reality. Yeah. It's so true. I believe Mm. that there are many realities. I know this. When I had vision when I was 10 years old, that was more real than, you know, going and playing ice hockey. That was more real than what was going on in my family. That, that, the feeling, the depth of the feeling and the vision and seeing the vision and the message in the, in the vision, the, the transmission of a, of a message without hearing anything and the knowingness, it just opened up. Um, a whole different aspect in, in my life. So I think, you know, what you're saying is it's, it's so important to go inward and listen. L- listen on, in a way, at least at some point in your life, just really take the time to pause, do the meditation, do different breathing exercises, go do, do trans dances, go and do rebirthing, go and do sweat lodges, have an experience that takes you to a different type of reality and be curious. So many people are afraid to try mm-hmm. new things. Yeah, I was afraid when I wrote, cycled across Canada and I wasn't a cyclist. But you know what? Sometimes you just need to jump and learn as you go and just be open and, and, be, and be curious. You know, those realities, yes, we can say if I go out into the back there, there's a forest there and I can go, I can go for a walk. Um, but that's not any more real than when I go into a trance and and I'm somewhere else and I'm speaking to somebody that is either, um, you know, has passed on or if I'm with my medium and I'm getting a message and only that person who passed knew those things. Mm -hmm. That's a different, that's a, that is still to me, that reality as, as, um, as real as what we 
live and exist in this three day. This is our playing ground. This is a platform, I believe, as as souls to to learn to share. But it's real. I'm not saying it's not real. We don't feel. We don't experience. I think but uh, it's not the only thing. I think what happens is is that once we begin, once we believe something, like I believe that this is true, and you go, well, I don't believe that's true. And we could have been best friends forever. And that we, we've got a problem now <laughs> because the belief, belief becomes very rigid, whereas seeking is, is consistently open. It's always, you know, it's, not, it's never saying this is the absolute, the only. I think the moment we say this is the only truth there is or this is the only religion or this is the only school, we're in trouble. Oh, absolutely. You know? So you I think know. beliefs, our beliefs become such a, a stumbling block to curiosity because mm-hmm. they're already decided. Yeah. 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 It's interesting because I'm, and I fully agree with that. There are so many relationships, you know, intimate relationships and, and um, you know, relationships within families and friends that are broken because somebody believes this and somebody believes that. Totally. It's very black and white, very black and white thinking as opposed to, to gray and, and seeing beyond, uh, you know, whatever that, that, that belief is well and, and but, but but part of of, of being yeah. able to heal and have harmony is that if you're willing to shift your perception or consider that you know there's something that i had learned from from a, a program that i'd done at nine gates mr school was basically the awareness that my truth is not the same as another person's truth and and exactly. then you can sort of drop into a place of being more open but it it's not easy all the time, right? Because that piece of us that wants to be right or wants to be acknowledged or vindicated or whatever it is. So, so I think that that idea of, again, a willingness to realize that there are different perceptions. What I wonder about, too, is that, Deb, when there are conflicting perceptions, and Gord, too, uh, I'm, this question is for you as well, is that when you have two people and one is so fixated on their, this is, my, this is the truth, this is what it is, and someone is more open, then how do you have harmony? <laughs> well, I often say there, you know what, it's, it's sort of like there is a truth, but there's no truth. It's like when somebody says, well, I believe this, depending on what I'm talking about, I may use belief, but when I'm talking about something, uh, a spiritual aspect, um, uh, my reality, I will say I, I have a knowing of, I know, I know this. And a knowing of something, it's not a belief. I can change a belief. Oh, we do uh, it all the time. Yeah, you know, and it's, you know, isn't that part of, of growing? Now, there are some beliefs, you know, I believe the world is round, more or less. I mean, you know, there are things that... <laughs> you didn't fall for that, that, did you? <laughs> physically, physically provable, even though some people will not even... Those, uh, it's flat. those things, right? <laughs> <laughs> but um, it'll be like, oh, oh, sorry, are you still there? Oh, you're still there? Oh, no, no, no. Oh. Um, but there are things that they just fall into the knowingness. And this is where I think in a, in a relationship, um, if I have a knowingness of something and somebody is very opposed to that, and that's on a spiritual level, it's going to be hard to have harmony. We may have music that we can... Um, get along with and trade off, but we won't be in harmony right. in that area. And then it becomes to the importance that we give that area. Right. And it's all about that. Because you, you guys can all have it. We can have all different beliefs about things, 
and we can still coexist and, and get along. But if it's something important where you want harmony together in that relationship, it's going to be a challenge. And you can explore the what's behind it. Um, and, and if you often, if you look into somebody's past or their belief in past lives, their experiences, beliefs can change. I had a client today. You can't even believe this. Sorry, it was yesterday. And she has a certain way of, of believing, and she's somebody who, who experienced just her horrific childhood abuse, all, all the kinds of abuses that you can imagine. And so she had a, a way of thinking about that. But she's also a very spiritual lady. But in the conversation, um, I said something along the lines of around a soul group. So I said, do you, do you, do you believe in soul groups? Because you've mentioned souls and things and soul families. And she said, yes, absolutely. And I said, so do you believe we all came in and we sort of selected roles for each other and how would we support each other in our lives? And she said, yes. And I said, well, isn't that interesting that you got the easy role? <laughs> and, uh, and, but I know this woman. I like This is not something that I would just say outwardly when somebody's uh, yeah. locked in trauma. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I have an intuition and, I, and she was on a, a line of thought and that's just not something you blurt out in an average therapy session. But she was talking about soul families, and she had this aha moment. If you could see her eyes literally pop out of her head when I when I, and I actually framed it for myself. I said, "I'm I'm glad I I got this role, you know, meaning somebody mm -hmm. who had been violated as a child. I'm kind of glad because if I had to switch next week and be that other soul that had the role of that perpetrator, well, that would be just nasty. I just yeah. you know, and it just it changed the paradigm, the way of thinking, and where her beliefs were the hour before to where they were afterwards. She just couldn't believe it. She was, she just lit up. She was like, Oh my gosh, I never, I actually never thought about it that way. That's a, sh that can be a shift in belief. Um, just by seeing a certain opening based on the groundwork of all the other beliefs that then another belief popped up, but that wasn't the core belief. So when I tapped into the core belief, the other construct that had been created, right. then it, it, it shifted. I'm not saying it totally changed, but I mean, it, sh it really shifted for her. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing when you see people have, have that happen, you know, cause it's like this light comes from behind their eyes. They just suddenly like just sparkle, like, you know, the ultimate aha moment because it's so energetic. Well, and it's very freeing because yeah. I think that's the biggest thing is yeah. that when we're locked into, and I really liked your example, Deb, around, you know, we get, we have these ideas of these constructs. And then suddenly when, when there's something that shifts, where there's, a, again, an opening, a little portal into this deeper awareness that, oh, I could see this very differently. I think the, the whole physiology changes. I've seen it with clients, physiology changes you know, they're uh, not just the physicality, but the, the mental and the emotional aspect, because there's been this opening on the spiritual level, really, ultimately, it's a conscious level, but it's the spirituality that's holding it all together. Um, so, I, you know, I think that this is really very powerful for people. And sometimes it's very scary, because, you know, it's like suddenly, oh, who am I without this, without these <laughs> constructs, right? Yeah. Yes, or without this anger, or without yes. this, this uh, uh, you know, sorrow, or whatever. You know? yeah, yeah, it's definitely a huge part. It's a huge part of that. But, you know, isn't it interesting how when people come into therapy, they often want to forget and get over. And I'm about 
let's pull it in, integrate it, right. let's integrate it, <clears throat> process it. Um, you know, we have the three containers of garbage and we decide what's the garbage that goes out. <laughs> we know we process that. What's the garbage that we recycle? You know, yeah. all of the traits that we have because of our past experience <clears throat> are not negative. All the bad things don't always equal the bad things for us, they may equal the good things. The good things may end up turning out to be bad things for us, mm -hmm. right? So we recycle, and then we've got the, the, the green bin. We want to make sure we grab those things and really ground and plant into those those treasures that we have. because they The organic help ones. Help us grow, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's just, you know, I mean, that's what's kept me in this business for all these years is just the fascination of how we think, and how we can suddenly just stop and turn right and, and take off at another whole vector uh, as, as though this is, you know, that turn never even happened. And it's like, you know, what's going on, you know, uh, you know, with people? Um, so what do you account for? Well, okay, let me, I'll say my thing is the, the amount of ownership people put around their, their uh, thought process. And we're going we're gonna to think about that. Well, we're taking a break here, but it's the thoughts. Where do they come from? Okay. So right. we'll be right back. Uh, you're listening to Things Worth Considering, and right now you're going to think about where are your thoughts coming from. Our phone lines are open. You can give us a call if you wish, and uh, we would love to have you uh, join the conversation. And, uh, yeah, we're going to find that phone number here right away. Okay, we're at 888-346-9141. All right. We'll be right back. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic healthcare, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening.
listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiousis. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now back to Things Worth Considering. Hi, welcome back, and we're here with our guest, Deb Mary Berry. She is a author of two books, and she is uh, uh, just a great teacher uh, joining this conversation. So, Deb, I threw at you, where does our thoughts come from? Where do we trip over these thoughts that, that you know, we, we have to own them, and if I think it, it has to be right, and, you know, we get ourselves, like, so worked up. Some people worked up on it, and it's like, it's just crap. You know, it really is. It's like, here, here's a shovel. Um, <laughs> That's enjoy, quite the uh, academic way of putting it, yes. It's just well, crap. you know, sometimes you just can't be academic <laughs> all the time. Uh, it's good like, thing. What the hell? Good thing. Yeah, it's a good thing, yeah. yeah. It's, it's just like, yeah. It's, it actually, it's, it's uh, I just feel really bad for people that just own it. You know, every little fragment that goes through is possibly, a, you know, a drama. I see it as like this cosmic garbage that just runs through our brain, right? And, all of a sudden, we reach out. We go, "There's one. Grab it!" And then we just make it bigger, and we room, you know, ruminate on it, and we, you know, and then we have to share our drama, of course, with everybody around us. Uh, the next thing, everyone from this random piece yeah, of, to you confirm. know, yeah, yeah. you want to yeah. confirm it if you're running in it for sure. Uh, you know, the interesting thing is, is that I often say to people um, when they're going on and they're on a tangent, um, "Would you invite me in to your thought process right now?" And most of the time they're like, no, I don't want to invite you into my neighborhood because if you could hear the way I talk to myself and, and you know, the, the, the ranting, the, ju- the judgments, the questioning, all of that, you would not want to be here. And I said, thank you. Then good. I'll just stay over, over here. See, we're not taught how to think. No. You no. know, it's a real crime, really. And, um, and we're either... You know, our parents do the best they can with what they have at the time. And sometimes that's okay, and sometimes it's, it's typically not the greatest. <laughs> that's so good. Because <laughs> they don't know. And, and people don't even realize. I learned this. So when I was writing Unlock the Door Beyond Sexual Abuse, and I went to the gatehouse, and um, I was advised because I had, you know, I had experienced being violated as a child. And uh, when I was interviewing the founder there, he said, well, why don't you come and take a program? Why don't you just come on and do the program? It'll be good for the research project, probably good for yourself. And I thought, well, I don't really need it. And then I thought, yeah, you know what? No, who am I to say that? So I went there. And when I went through that program, I realized how weird I really was. Because I discovered that I was not thinking the way any of those people, the facilitators or the women in the the room were. And when I went to the next program, I was not thinking like any of those people. I don't know what it, well, I I know what it is. It's because I came in with a certain um, message and mission. And so I needed to think in a certain way and through accepting things. And anyways, why do people think the way they do? They are either thinking in terms of uh, the universal potential, creative brain, right? Or they're in survival brain. They're usually in that sort of that, that paradigm of flipping back and forth, I believe. This is what yeah. I see with people, the way they talk, the way they present themselves. They're um, the not enough phase. Yeah, they're just there. So, so the brain gets going and then the brain gets going and the brain gets going and people get locked in a thought because the survival brain, which is where they are most of the time, it has to problem solve. It has to come up with a solution and it has to just keep on going and present different angles and everything. And if you don't process and integrate those experiences 
the survival brain is saying, hey, Deb, remember that <laughs> when you were 18? You never dealt with this, so let me throw it again. It'll come up again if it's not integrated or processed. Yeah. Again, my my beliefs that I've just had for a, a long time because I just in myself I see this. So the thought comes, and what I always say to somebody is a thought will come. Pay attention to your thoughts as much as you can all the time. Uh-huh. If you want to change your reality, you need to change your thoughts because if you don't change your thoughts, your feelings that you know the chemicals will come out of those thoughts in your body. It'll put you wherever you need to feel. You're going to feel a certain way. Then you're going to think a certain way. You're going to act. You're going to behave a certain you're way. You're going to act a wonder, certain way. Yeah. yeah. You're going to wonder why you didn't get off the couch because <laughs> in, in, in your old patterns in your subconscious, it's saying, I'm not worthy of doing that anyway. Why do I bother? And I'll just eat another potato chip and I'll feel good in this moment. Well, right? I, so, one of the things that I think is interesting, though, is... It's a great idea. I'm going to do that the rest of today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. One of the things that I think is interesting, though, is that I, I feel that we um, overthink all the time. And our yeah. society basically has become inundated with noise in terms of chatter that is social media, you know, the, the whole conversations, anything that's coming at us. And I think... What I sense and what I see in clients and also even myself is a sense of forgetting to feel without the words. Forget about the language, forget about the story, because I do think that the story, when we limit it to words, is sometimes like a rabbit hole that goes on and on and on. And it's not to dismiss, you know, processing and integrating, but I often think that the the cellular memory that we carry is not something that words can actually capture. So, so movement therapy, anything to do with creativity or um, artistry or being in the elements and using color, because there's lots of old practices that use breath work to move energy out of the body, even if we can't remember the experience, because it may not, as you were saying earlier, Deb, around, it might be ancestral. It's not just ours in this lifetime, but it may be something that's much, much older. But again, it's part of consciousness. So, so I think when, when people say, pay attention to your thoughts, like immediately I think, oh my God, that would be so exhausting. Because if I did do that, I would be exhausted. Some of the thoughts I will pay attention to, but I'm, I'm curious, what, how do you work with that? Because I think, you know, the subconscious thoughts I'm often not aware of, right? Yeah, there are two levers. There's definitely the conscious thoughts and, and the unconscious thoughts or subconscious thoughts. So first of all, just to clarify, when I say processing, integrating, a lot of that work. Like I'm a havening practitioner and that's going right down, creating delta waves to to get rid of the charges. Same thing, spiritual technology, accelerated evolution, brain spotting, all of these things that I use primarily in my practice to eliminate charges. You just have to talk about the story one time and then we just get rid of, we get rid of the charge literally. So my yeah. processing is my processing and integration is a little bit different than talk therapy. Right. Um, I have a very different angle on that. And I certainly believe that somatic work and in, in, in music and art therapy, all those things yeah. are so beneficial. Totally. So what I do with people in terms of the, the narratives is I say, pay attention to what you're, th- what you're thinking, um, capture a thought, just whatever, first time you think of it, capture your thought. And first of all, ask who it is, because it's not you. Okay, so who, 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 where's the, the root of, of the thought? It, does, it sound, does it sound like your father? Does it sound like your coach? Who does it sound like? And then just acknowledge that. There's no judgment. Don't run with that one. So you, who is it? 
And then is it serving you right now? Right? So uh, I had a thought, the car is turning, oh, I better go that way, whatever. So it's serving me now. Um, I'm, I'm thinking about something that happened in the past and I've never really talked about it. Is it serving me? Yeah, maybe it's coming up because I need to talk to somebody. Right? So it can serve me. And if it doesn't serve me, then allow it to just kind of see it, you know, sort of that focusing exercise. Like you see it really big here, but just sort of see it as it, it drifts away. And then don't worry because there'll be something else that comes. And yeah. you can <laughs> that thought. And sure. You will not be left empty. Yeah, exactly. And the, well, we the, want to be empty. We want to be yeah. emptied, right? Well, yeah, and see, yeah, exactly. I mean, you're both so, 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 so right and, and so accurate. But the other thing is, is the reason why we're having all those thoughts and those survival thoughts is because we're activated in a certain part of the brain and we're not on purposely activating another part of our brain. And right. that's where being creative being curious, pulling a book off the shelf, going for a walk and looking off into the sky and, you know, looking at the edges of the clouds, walking through the, through the forest and looking at the different shapes, smell, go into your senses. What do I smell in, in this time? So you have to put something in, right, that's present, current. Otherwise, yeah. your brain is going to naturally default into something that's unresolved or some problem or it'll put you into the future. Oh, we'll yeah. So to, to defend the brain, I mean, the brain, that the brain's contribution to the problem, whatever it might be, you know. So even though we're like, I don't know, we want to think about it right now. The brain's still going to do, to do, to do, to do. It's like we're going to fire it or something. Uh, so right. it, it just keeps working and working, trying to come up with solutions and, and problem yeah. solving and, Oh, no, there he goes again. You know, That's okay. all from that perspective. <laughs> you kind of say, so I do the opposite. I say when you have a thought, like grab it. Acknowledge it. Yep. The thought, if it comes from survival, it wants to be acknowledged. If it comes from creative, we go, oh, I better write that down. Exactly, yeah. So we welcome it. But we, oh, I don't want to think, oh, man, here I am. I'm, oh, I just realized I've been thinking about that for 20 minutes. Well, right. yeah, because it's <laughs> like your child tugging on your leg saying, you know, how come you're not noticing me? I want some attention. Right? Yeah, yeah. So right. as soon as you place the attention on it, what is it that you need? How can you serve? Are you serving me? How can I serve you? Is that working for me? You know, and then you can say, okay, well, there you go. Go off and, you know, let's play with the toy. And then you can actively engage, engage your brain. Give it something to, to think about. Exactly. Um, right? Rather than pro random problem solving. <laughs> yeah, and, and, yeah. and setting new patterns, like going into that curiosity. Absolutely. And yes. I think a lot of people, especially with COVID-19 right now, there's still this sense of unknown and I think a bit of disbelief that it's like, wow, we're, we're actually everywhere we're going, we have to have masks on and, and this whole aspect of, again, unknown. Mm. And I think a lot of people default into fear patterns, right? There's so much around... Sure. Fear, fear of dying, things that Gordon, I've talked about this a lot around unresolved um, aspects that that people haven't faced. So, when when there's this the thought aspect, it when you when you advise people to just you know write it down, and is it a sense that then oh you know and I can explore this without going into the story so much? Is that what you what you mean? Uh, well. People will often need to share the story just to get it out to somebody new. Uh, they want to be acknowledged, so yes, you 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 say the story. Um, yeah. I often I sometimes what I say is point out what worked for you in this session or what's working for you in this week. If something's really troubling, 
um, they can write it out and I say, you know, write it out and maybe that'll get it out. But don't focus on that. You've been focusing on that. So you want to, but you always want to acknowledge it. You must acknowledge it. What, whatever you're resisting, it's going to persist, right? If it sinks, it links and it's there, it's attached to you. You have to acknowledge it. But that's why as, as quickly as possible with a client, I will get them into the actual integration into breaking up the charge. And I've had amazing, like absolutely incredible results with taking people through this process, activating delta waves, um, um, depotentiating AMPA receptors. It's all science, which I absolutely ran from and hated as a kid. <laughs> and now I'm going, hallelujah. Right. Like, praise the Lord. Uh, praise the, 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 the geniuses who've created these. Because if you can get rid of a charge on something, you can have a memory. And then that's called wisdom. Mm -hmm. When you have a charge, it's called trauma. Right. Yeah, totally. Nice. I, I, nice. I mean, I just have a different word for it. It's frozen. That's a piece, the piece of you that froze. Mm -hmm. And it's about, you know, getting that on thought, you know, quickly. It's yeah, the same for sure. Thing. It locks in. It's it locked will in. lock in. And the brain Absolutely. will do that. That's yep. how our survival system is all. Uh, so you're going to do a course next Wednesday. Pardon me? You're going to do a course next Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to. Are you going to, gonna, are you going to teach us a whole bunch of stuff in, in this area? We're going to talk about all, you know, the things that we've spoken about tonight. Um, you know, I'll have a little bit better organized uh, <laughs> for the students. What do you mean? I was very organized for you. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, very organized. Organized. It'll be a we class as opposed to a conversation over on the air. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. And the way that I teach is really to get a sense of who's in the room. Right. And um, I refereed ice hockey for over 30 years, and I can really float and go on the on on the fly and, and change. I um, tap dance. We will be having um, we'll be having dyads. We'll absolutely be having dyads. We'll be having conversation. There'll be a bit of a, a meditation based on what happens um, at the beginning of the class or partway through the class, and then we'll come out of out of that and we'll have a, another conversation. But we'll really talk about creating a reality and and what is reality mm -hmm. and a lot of the things we talk and, about. And you're also going to talk about training your survival brain to stand down, correct? Yeah, th that's going to be part of it. For sure, that's great. We, we have to we have to make friends with that survival brain. Yeah. I love the language. To, Stand down. Yeah, yeah, that's that's in the notes, right? It's very Stand military. Down. Stand yeah, down. It is. We have to teach it. We have to honor it and have it stand down yeah. in order to find our, you know, our, our real source of joy and love in our, our life and come from a heart as opposed to uh, a fear base. Cool. Mm -hmm. uh, so, if people who might be interested, uh, if you get in touch at uh, uh, www.transformationalarts.com uh, to our website. You can sign up and pay. Our new website is now up and running. Uh, and you can also call 416-484-0454, extension 23. So uh, any of those, you can sign up. It'll be actually, it'll be a great, uh, a great time. And next week, uh, we're going to be talking about listening. Listen to me. Uh, and just how bad we are at all of this. So uh, it's going to be about listening. So don't forget, get out and see Deb. Uh, tickets are $40. Includes, uh, that includes tax. And uh, she's a great teacher. Thank you, Deb, thank you. for being here. And thank you, Alexia. And thank you, Mark. everyone else, have a great week. Stay safe and be well. Have a
for tuning into Things Worth Considering. Please join your hosts, Alexia Georgiousis and Gord Riddell, for another edition next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, think about the connections in your life and how they define who you are. 